1: Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It says, do not be anxious, do not worry. What is worry?
0: Those words are found in the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians. Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. And that's where we left off on yesterday's broadcast. This is Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's sharing with us a two-part sermon series called The Art of Living, focusing in specifically on what it means to be sanctified. I'm Mike Trout, so glad you've joined us, and we're going to get an answer to that question which we ended with yesterday and which we begin with today. What is worry?
1: Well, the Greek word here that's translated anxious or worry means to be pulled in different directions. Our hopes pull us in one direction, our fears pull us in the other direction, and we are literally pulled apart by worry. How many times have we experienced a time of worry in our life where it seemed like life was being strangled out of us, hope was being strangled out of us, strength was being strangled out of us, a sound mind was being strangled out of us, and it has physical consequences as well, it can give us headaches and neck pains and ulcers and all kinds of things. So what Paul says is we need to take everything to God in prayer. You know, someone has said beautifully, there is nothing too great for God's power and there's nothing too small for his fatherly care. The Bible calls us children of God and he is our heavenly father and he is the only perfect father who has ever been. I'm not a perfect father, but I can remember when little Sterling or little Crystal came up and they had a bruise or a cut or uh, something going on that they had dad's attention whatever it was that concerned them concerned dad and whatever it is that we have that concerns us concerns our heavenly father and that should also be true in the reciprocal that whatever concerns him concerns us as well now paul uses three different words to describe right praying prayer supplication and thanksgiving the word prayer Right praying involves all three, and the word prayer is a general word for making requests known to the Lord, and it carries with it the notion of adoration and worship. You see, one of the things that we need to do when we start worrying is we need to start focusing on God and worshiping Him and adoring Him, reflecting on how great and mighty and majestic He is, the creator and sustainer of the universe, we just realize that He is big enough and strong enough and wise enough and in everything to solve any problem that we might have. Amen. But all too often we rush in and we don't take the time to worship. We just simply make our request known and rush out and are not reminded of how great our Heavenly Father really is. Yeah. Now the second word is supplication. And it means that we express sincerely our needs and our problems, and our Father wants us to do so. He wants us to pray. He wants us to pray for ourselves. He wants us to pray for others. And when we pray for ourselves, we can ask uh, forgiveness for things in the past, help for our needs in the present, guidance for the future. When we pray for others, it might be that they are brought to our hearts or our minds or, or we find out about some need in someone else's life. But you know, science has proven again and again that prayer really works. One study showed that those who were undergoing heart surgery, but had a spiritual support in the form of prayer and a social support, showed a mortality rate one-seventh of those who did not. Other researchers found that those who attend church regularly and have a strong faith are less likely to die and have better overall health. In fact, there have been over 1,200 scientific studies linking prayer with good health and longevity. Science provides ample evidence that prayer works. And I'd like to tell you a little more about that later. After adoration and supplication comes appreciation, which is giving thanks to God. We stop and we think about what God has done for us in the past and we say, thank you, Lord. It reminds us of how faithful he is. But how often we are so consumed with what's in the present. Uh, When Jesus healed the ten lepers, how many returned to say thank you? Only one. Only one out of ten. I wonder if statistics have changed since. Since human nature tends not to change, I I doubt it. But we need to stop and give thanks to God for His faithfulness. So Paul says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And when we pray, we need to remember these three things. That the love of God desires only what is best for us. That the wisdom of God knows what is best for us. And the power of God can bring to pass what is best for us. The passage continues, and the peace of God, the word there and, the conjunction, means what follows is connected to what precedes it. So you say, and then, or as a result, the peace of God. Now, peace in the scriptures never merely means the absence of strife and trouble, but it stands for the well-being in the midst of trouble because of our relationship with God. And the result of believing prayer is that the peace of God will stand like a sentinel or a guard upon our hearts. Paul here uses a military term that that says standing on guard. And he describes this peace as a peace that passes all understanding, surpasses all understanding. It's not only a mystery that we cannot fully comprehend, but it's also a peace that man's mind, with all of its capabilities, can never produce. You see, it's called the peace of God or the peace from God for a reason. It's the peace that comes from God alone. It is a gift of God. Verse 8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so peace involves the heart and the mind. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Wrong thinking leads to wrong feeling, and before long, the heart and the mind are pulled apart and strangled by worry, and that's why it is so important that we bring every thought into captivity in the obedience of Christ. Fill your minds means literally to calculate, to keep in mind, to ponder, to think about. It's in the continuous mode, so it's a continual action. Your thoughts must continually dwell on that which is true, whatever is true. You know that most worry is about things that are not true. Dr. Walter Cabot reported in a survey that indicated only 8% of the things people worry about were legitimate. 8%. The other 92% were either imaginary, never happened, or were matters over which they had no control anyway. We need to think about whatever is true. What is true is found in the Bible. The Bible is true. The Word of God is truth. So when we're going through times of worry, we need to get into the Bible. And we need to let the Bible get into us. Whatever is true. Whatever is honorable. And just, honorable means worthy of respect. So we don't focus our attention on dishonorable things. And the word just or right is a relational term. It means what's right in the sight of God and man. It is fulfilling our proper duty to God and man. Whatever is pure, the word there is hagnos, which describes something that has been cleansed to be brought into the presence of God and used in His service, such as in the temple. And so we need to set our minds on things that we could bring into the temple of God and stand the, the scrutiny of God. And then he uses a word, lovely, that appears only here in the New Testament. And what it, what it means is something that stirs or causes love. We need to think about things that stir or or, or help and develop our love for God and for others. If we're thinking about things that don't help us in our relationship with God and others, then maybe those things don't belong in our mind. And then it says, admirable or commendable or of good report. These It describes something that's worth talking about, something that is appealing. It says, if it has excellence, it's talking about things that motivate us to do even better. And if it is praiseworthy, it's worthy of praise, it's worthy of commending uh, to others. What it's saying is, is we shouldn't let thoughts continue in our minds that either tear ourselves or tear others down. You know, what we choose to think about is important because it affects what we, th- what we say and what we do, and it also affects others as well. So when we make Poor quality decisions. When we choose to engage in toxic thoughts, such as unforgiveness, bitterness, irritation, and so forth, we change the DNA and subsequent genetic expression, which then changes the shape of our brain wiring in a negative direction. Dr. Carolyn Leaf is a communication pathologist specializing in the field of cognitive neuroscience whose research is concerned mainly with how humans think and the impact of this thinking on what they say and what they do. She is also a brilliant believer as well. And in her book entitled Switch On Your Brain, she wrote, You are a thinking being. You think all day long. And at night, as you sleep, you sort out your thinking. And as you think, you choose And as you choose, you cause genetic expression to happen in your brain. This means you make proteins, and these proteins form your thoughts, and thoughts are real, physical things that occupy mental real estate. Eric R. Candle, a Nobel Prize-winning neuropsychiatrist for his work on memory, shows how our thoughts, even our imaginations get under the skin of our DNA and can turn certain genes on and certain genes off, changing the structure of the neurons in the brain. So as we think and imagine, we change the structure and function of our brains.
0: Yes, certainly, as a man feels or thinks in his heart, so he is. You're listening to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And I'm Mike Trout, and we'll wrap up this two-message series on Monday. And I hope you can join us. You can listen to any of the segments that you have perhaps missed by going to our website for the ministry, studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. Have a great weekend. Join us if you can. And be back on Monday when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.